The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac 19 and joining us, as always, is the Rickster. Tricky Ricky, what's going on? Mate, did you like that song, Midnight Oil? Oh, the power and the passion. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Should be a bit more of a port influence, that song, don't you reckon? I think they should turn it into a port song. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I reckon the club should use it. I reckon it's got a uh, got a bit to it. Maybe we could uh, chuck it in the pregame. Yes. Have something else. Something else. Yeah, just think, I'm just Something always else. thinking outside the square, Macca. We've got to uh, keep improving. It looks like there, uh, there might only be five people at the game so far this year if the uh, coronavirus keeps on going. Corona, that's it. Well, it's interesting, though. It is interesting. It's a little bit concerning, I guess, but uh, I'm sure it'll well, sort itself out. Well, we didn't really mention it last week, did we? But... <laughs> You know, I'm hearing rumours that, you know, the May-China game might be over. Um, you know, I'd say it will be, mate. Hey? I would say it's not going to go ahead. No, They'll move it. Can't. They'll move it for sure. Switzerland's... Um, <laughs> actually, I don't... This doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Switzerland's limiting attendances to games to a 1,000 or less people. Fair to uh, to minimise the risk of spreading, but I don't see how that's going to make much difference. Um, if it's going to be spread, it's going to be spread if they're walking mm. around. So, um, yeah, I mean, what's going to happen? Ferrari was even considering not coming to the, the F1, which would be outrageous. You're an F1 Mac, lover, Macca. That would be outrageous. So what do you think is going to happen? Have you noticed a downturn at Soto's at the moment? No, not really, mate. No? No? No. Everyone loves fish and chips, buddy. Isn't it? Um, isn't it true? Like, uh, doesn't matter how sick you are, you're always up for fish and chips. Hot, hot chips sort of delay or postpone or <clears> or uh, can remove the effects of the coronavirus. That's what I've heard. <laughs> That's it. Come only, down to seven four. Get Soto <laughs> chips. That's it. <laughs> that is it. All right, let's get on with it and. Uh, I want to start with the gala 150th dinner on uh, on Friday night, which was at the convention centre. There was around 1,600 people there gathered to celebrate 150 years of Port Adelaide in what was uh, truly a wonderful, wonderful event. There was plenty of great stories, hundreds of ex-players there, heroes everywhere you looked. It was far and away the best Port Adelaide event I've been to, mate. So what made it the best event? Just... I don't know, it just felt like such a celebration of our history, which obviously it was, but to have everyone together in the one room, to have, you know, heroes and champions from, you know, every decade just about, um, was wonderful. You know, there was players there from, you know, 70 years ago, all all down to the current day players, uh, plenty of great stories. Um, there was lots of uh, interesting little tidbits during the night, um, the night started with a poem, um, which was written by Rupert McCall, which is 
truly like the most spine tingling emotional thing you're going to hear it is so good it's now up on the port adelaide facebook page so i highly recommend anyone that hasn't heard it yet go on facebook check it out it is absolutely brilliant um greg phillips told a really great story um about climbing up the chimney at uh, at west end um and, and lots of other stories it was just a great night it was just a great celebration in port adelaide mate and uh you uh you got your bowl signed yeah, yeah, they had uh, they had table prizes, which was a uh, a silver commemorative bowl, Sharon, and uh, I was lucky enough to win that, and uh, went around and got it signed by thirty or forty of my heroes. So that was brilliant. Nice, and um, David uh, stayed on script. He did. I heard his speech was fantastic. I saw his speech. It was. I thought he uh, it was very good. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, all, every, all the talkers did a fantastic job, from uh, from David through to um, Dittmar, who hosted, um, guys like Wanganeen spoke, and um, you know, as, as I mentioned, Greg Phillips, Jack Kale, Choco, Treaders, all these guys told lots of great stories, so uh, it was really good. Mm. That's amazing. I heard there was a lot of, um, a couple of key influences at the club put in a massive effort um, you know, to have it well oiled and, and smooth. So congratulations uh, to them. And uh, yeah, I've only heard glowing positive things. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. I was uh, slumming it in Sydney. So um, yeah, it was a bit of a bummer. Would have been great to have been there, but uh, man's got to work. A man's got to work. That's right. Absolutely. Did you uh, see my um, slumming photos? Oh, I saw your photos, mate. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was a bit of a uh, bit of an ordinary uh, view, wasn't it? Terrible view, mate. Terrible. <laughs> My view was much better of Scotty Hodges' head, so that was that was better. Ah, yeah. uh, the man, Scotty. The man. Love Scotty. He's a big boy now, though, isn't he? He's a big unit. He is still beautiful to me, mate. He's a legend. What about Darren Smith? He looks like he's sixty. What's going on there? Smithy, well, he probably is about sixty. What are you talking about? Come on, <laughs> no way. He'd be, like, he'd be about 50. He looks like a grandpa, old Smitty. He probably is a grandpa. <laughs> Actually, that's true. I could be a grandpa too. Well, no, right, we won't talk about that bit. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it, Smitty. I On your Smitty. Smitty's a legend still. Yeah. Roger Delaney was there. All the old crew was there. It was great. Roger's all fit and healthy now, isn't he? He had a bit of a, uh, he looks a, bit good. Of a health scare. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah, all awesome. And, of course, you got the old firm, Timmy and George. Always tell a good story. Yeah, they were there. Greg Anderson was there. Hard to spot him, mate. His hair hasn't changed in 30 years, so. Was there a bolter? Like, did you chat to somebody that, you know, you weren't really expecting much and you were like, wow, that, that blew me away? Or someone you heard on stage that was maybe a bit unexpected with what they delivered in value? <clears throat> I had a good chat to Julian Waite, who was a premiership player in, I think he played in 98 or 99, I reckon it was, uh, the old wingman. And then he used to play up forward for mm-hmm. a bit through the nineties and two thousands. He was a he was one of mm-hmm. my favourites. So had a good chat to him. That was good. Who? <laughs> Julian <laughs> Waite, mate. There you go. Julian Waite. I actually um, at the end of my uh, corporate function, and I was chatting to chatting to someone at the bar, and uh, they were mate very good mates with uh, a former player under Michael Voss. And uh, because obviously they're from Melbourne, so uh, we we chatted a fair bit about footy. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, Vossi, what, what did he say? And he sort of said that, um, you know, with Voss at the Lions, he uh, he bailed, gave up on people pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, once he made a perception that, uh, yeah, that player was no good, line through and never seen again. And yeah. uh, I said, yeah, you can sort of see that uh, in modern Port Adelaide. There's... Uh, that can happen a little bit as well, but uh, that was the uh, that was the only port sort of conversation I could get over in New South Wales, unfortunately. So, um, but yeah, oh, that's good. There's uh, a few more functions throughout the year, I, I'm sure. Big Footy's also be. got their player sponsor. Yep, Connor Rosie, mate. Happy days, Connor. That's a, a gun of a player. We can't get much better than that. It's a good get. It's a good get. That was one. he a bargain buy? Uh no, he was pretty pricey. Yeah. yeah, he was in the top group, so, but definitely worth it, you would think. Well, look, there was a game this weekend uh, on Saturday afternoon. There was the uh, under-23 match uh, against Adelaide, which is the second year in a row we've done this match. Um, it was really a six-goal-to-one second term, which uh, pretty much won the game for Port. Uh, we held on after an Adelaide comeback to win by just the six points, 10 goals 15 to 10 goals 9. Uh, Toddy Marshall and Dylan Williams were the only multiple goal kickers with two goals each, mate. Is it is it frustrating you, Macca, that at any level we seem to have some familiar traits and and fading away in in second halves or or last quarters is one of them. Does does it concern you at all? Yeah, look, there was a couple of the uh, the traditional negative traits that we've uh, come to know about Port Adelaide um, on the weekend. And uh, look, the the fade out was definitely one of them. The Crows definitely had the stronger of the the second half. And look, I thought we did a pretty good job to actually hold on because uh, it did get pretty tense in that last sort of ten minutes. And um, you know, the young boys down back uh, held on, and the midfield did an all right job as well. Um, but look, mm. uh, another thing was the goal kicking. You know, ten goals, fifteen for the game. You know, it's on the negative side of the ledger. And look, I think at one point we were one goal eight or something like that. So. Yeah, we we certainly didn't start the game well in front of the sticks. I'll tell you what, the um the skills and the goal kicking for us over the last half a decade is just killing me. I, I'm very frustrated and you know, you spoke about the one fiftieth and all former players that were there. I'm sure we'd have ample volunteers to assist the players in skills and kicking. Um you know, I just don't know where we're falling short. Is it a funding thing? Like, do we just lack the money to invest into the players that maybe the bigger clubs do? Is it um, is it drafting that we've just been out of draft position for a few years, like excluding last year and potentially this year, so we haven't been able to get access to the higher picks? Um, so is it money? Is it, you know, that's influencing? I just don't know, but it's just very frustrating. I mean, it's probably a combination of all of the above, but I think just... Um, the main issue is maybe, you know, we just haven't been drafting the right players that are reliable shots at goal. And look, on the weekend, you know, there was a few snapshots that went wide and there was a couple of other kicks that, you know, got sort of knocked through. So it wasn't just like terrible kicking, but, you know, to see us start one goal eight or one goal nine or whatever it was again, um, you know, it was just disappointing. So where to from here with our skills and goal kicking? Well, it can only improve, can't it? So that's uh, that's what we want to see. Look, we did kick pretty well in the first game. Um, 
against Brisbane. I thought our, our goal kicking was pretty strong in that game. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our second term was exceptional. You know, we kicked six goals to one. Um, and we did slot the goals that we weren't kicking in the first quarter. So um, so it did change around through during the game. So you mentioned uh, one of our tall players in the making, um, who I find is a bit controversial at the moment, Tom Marshall. There, there seems to be a lot of for and against um, people for Todd at the moment, and obviously the the against people that are a bit frustrated with his output uh, being challenged by the limited games and his personal circumstance and his uh, development. Mm-hmm. I, but I did see people did question his uh, his game on the weekend. Do you think they were a bit harsh with their criticism? A little bit harsh, yeah. Look, I. Th- Thought he was in our top three players on the on the ground, and you know I guess his form kind of mirrored Port Adelaide's in that uh, he had a really strong first half and then did fall out of the game. There was no doubt his second half he did go missing a bit, but his first half was exceptional, um, and he did everything that I would want to see from Todd Marshall. You know he took some grabs, um, you know he was committed at the contest, um, he kicked a couple of goals um, and really set the team going. Uh, what I would like to see is him sort of hold on to his marks a bit more. You know, he got hands on it a few times and it looked like he dropped them under, you know, not the worst sort of pressure sort of thing. So I'd, I'd like to see him have a little bit more sticky hands. Uh, but outside of that, as I said, I thought he was top three. And certainly, probably, if you had a like an MVP, a most valuable player, he was probably it. Do you reckon he reads the play well enough? Uh, I think he's improving, uh, certainly from the the two games this year that I've seen from him. I think it's it's been a, mm. a marked improvement. Awesome. Well, I mean, we all know his uh, statistics when he plays for Port, so I think we need him being an influential player more than we need him uh, failing. So uh, Absolutely. it's good to hear that you had him in the top three. For sure. Um, Sam Hayes was the other toll that uh, I thought was exceptional. He was probably best on ground. Um, his ruck work was exceptional. Um, his ability to find his midfielders with taps, you know, clean clearances, which is what we want. Um, you know, he I thought he um, combined really well with Willem Drew throughout the game and um, made a bit of a nuisance of himself around the ground as well, which was nice. So, I mean, I find Hayes... An exciting prospect, personally. I, I yeah. Do you, does he have strings to his bow to take him to the next level outside of just being a good tap ruckman? I think I don't think sides will carry just a good tap ruckman anymore. No, look, he's agile. He can play it forward. You know, he's a two-time All Australian junior, and one of those was where he was pretty much playing up forward. Um, you know, he's a good mark. He's a good kick for goal. Uh, so he definitely does have different um, or other strings to his bow other than just being a tap ruckman for sure. I think um, he's got so, the, the raw talent to be the best of our ruckman. He's, what, maybe a couple of years away from being able to handle an AFL workload, the AFL ruckman with their size and body, though. He, he was a pretty skinny kid when he came to us. He was. He's gotten a bit bigger, which is nice. Um, he's still a little bit, little bit skinny. And look, I don't think he's ever going to be... Um, an absolute gorilla. Um, like, he's going to maintain some agility, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, probably 12, in 12 months' time, I think he's going to be ready for consistent AFL football. What about your um, 
your ultimate love child, Dylan Williams. Dylan Williams, mate, was a star. Like he um, he flitted in and out of the game a little bit, but uh, when he's around the ball, um, he's exciting. Even when nothing happens, he just looks exciting. Um, you know, he he almost took a couple of really great grabs. Uh, had a couple of really good flyers at the ball, um, and you know he kicked two goals. One was a really nice snapshot. Uh, he's got a longer run up than Ben Brown. He must have a long a run up which is about forty meters, mate. So it's pretty long. Um, but, it's staggering to think that someone needs to run up that long. Oh, I've never seen anything like it. It's uh, it's crazy because um, he sort of does a slow jog and then a little bit of a stutter step, and he does that three or four times before actually kicking the ball. So I don't know. I don't know. It's got to be midnight if he uh, ever gets onto it um, <laughs> and has a bit of a day out, kicks twelve or something like that. We're going to be there for five hours, but um, <laughs> you know, he's a star in the making for sure. So, is it the flair? Does he have explosive pace? Um, you know, does he have rosy explosive pace? Uh, what is it that you just love about him? He's not as as uh, as quick as Rosie, but he is as quick off the mark as Rosie is. Uh, mm-hmm. He's really strong out on the lead, good hands, um, just goal sense. He just knows where the goals are, and that's what you want yeah. going forward. And he's a reliable kick at goal, mate. So. Well, that's what that's what, what we're after with Connor last year. That's what we want. Connor's like Connor's sideways movement and speed was just amazing. So, get a couple more explosive speed guys like that. If if Dylan can show that, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. you want to see him in a half forward flank, just causing a bit of havoc? Uh, probably forward pocket at this point. I think uh, yeah. he needs needs to be a bit closer to goal. I think and lead out from the goal square, that sort of thing. Um, and. You were a bit of a fan of a, another small forward on the weekend? Boydie Woodcock, mate. I like him. I do like him. Um, he was obviously delisted at the end of last year, and we, we picked him up again as a rookie. But I think he's got a bit of talent. I thought he was in the top three or four players on the ground for us on the weekend. Uh, when he wow. went near the ball, something happened. So, you know, he was just reliable with the ball. He's a, he is short, but he's a, he's a solid, solid lad. Lays a good tackle, gets a lot of the ball. Um, yeah, you know, I think he's someone that could maybe have a bit of a shot at AFL level. So I guess what is he? I mean, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, he was just low on the pecking order last year. He's probably low on the pecking order this year. I guess he just probably needs to win a bit more ball and influence the games a little bit more, doesn't he, to to sort of get an AFL look in? Well, I thought he was pretty close to a call up sort of late last year. He had a real good purple patch through that mid to three quarters of the way through the season. Where he was in our best players every week and uh, and showed some really promising signs. So um, I think there's hopefully a bit of a future there because we do still need uh, a bit more of a crummer up forward as well. So would you, if you had to choose between one, Cox or Woodcock, who would you go for at the moment? I'd go for Woodcock. I, I still yeah. don't. I'm still not 100% certain that Cox is capable of playing at AFL level. Really? Um, well, he just reminds me too much of Brett Ebert, like a poor man's <laughs> Brett Ebert at this point in time. Um, yeah, look, he he had a surprisingly very good year last year, no doubt about that. But you want to talk about goal kicking, then he's someone that really needs to work on his goal kicking. You know, Brett Ebert would have been a superstar if they just played him in the midfield. He would have been all right, I think. But uh, he had a pretty good <laughs> career anyway. 
Someone that uh, we were talking about surprising players, and um, one that was a bit of a surprise was Riley Grundy. Uh, I still think he's a mile off being over already, but um, uh, yeah, he's athletic, he's quick, very quick for a big man. And um, I thought the best thing was that he blanketed Billy Frampton pretty well throughout the game, and you know Frampton uh, really had a really poor match on the weekend. Well, I. I remember reading on the forums last year that, um, you know, everyone was sort of like, Grundy, see you later. You know, we're just, he's just tokenism to try and get his brother. But um, there has been a bit of talk of, with the supporters this year that he, he's shown a bit of exponential improvement. And, yes, you're right, no one's really said, oh, he's, he could play senior football. But there is a fair few people commenting about they can see a bit of a rapid change with him. So, um that's exciting. We need because we need some tall defenders. Mate, he's your old-fashioned long-term prospect. This kid, he's like Toby Thurston's was back in the day. Now, how long did it take him to debut? Five years. I mean, I oh, can see shit, the same it? thing for sort of Riley Grundy too. Toby was like twenty-four, wasn't he? Yeah, he would have been twenty-three-ish. Yeah. 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 Uh, he was on maybe. the list for a while because mm. he, he was a tall guy, wasn't he? He was six foot six. Yeah, Thurston's. Yep, but he was a bit of a malign player too, though. Really, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Some either loved him or hated him. But I was a bit of a fan of Toby. Yeah, uh, Billy Frampton's replacement on the list while he buzzer played, and uh, he was pretty good in the first half. Um, again, he sort of fell out of the game. I think his ruck work was a little bit better than what his forward craft was like. Uh, I, I find him a bit too one dimensional. I'm just not sure where he fits in this year. I just don't feel the love, to be honest, mm. of Wiley Buzzer. I just, I just question why we picked him in the first place. I can understand I just, why uh, we picked him because we needed, or a player like him, because we needed someone uh, after losing Howard and Ryder and uh, and Frampton. We needed some sort of experienced hole there, just in case. Um, mm. But I'm not sure how much of a game he's going to get this year to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would have just rather just picked up someone young with maybe some potential. You know, he's been in the system so long, such limited game time. Well, I just think his ceilings, you know, it's there. Like, we know what we're going to get and it's probably just not going to be good enough. And uh, But anyway, he's, he's there and he's playing. So, you know, so uh, it is what it is. Absolutely. Look, father-sons, mate. We love a good father-son. And uh, Trent Burgoyne played his first uh, official uh, hit out for Port Adelaide. And uh, he's exciting. He's an exciting kid. What did you What did you like about him? What makes him exciting? Is it like, is he fast? Is he he's good fast. ball user? Confident? He's a good ball user. He's confident. He's got, yeah, he, he really is like a mini Peter. He probably didn't get the space that I would have really liked to have seen from him. Um, but his work up forward was pretty clever. He kicked a really nice goal. Um, and yeah, I, I was pretty impressed by what I saw from him. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of raw talent there. He's got a long way to go. Um, but I think there could be gold at, uh, you know, over the hill, mate, if he gets there. Hey, that's, ex- that's exciting. I mean, you know, what would be amazing is if we can get some father-sons where they're actually taller than their fathers. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? And uh, it just actually, while you were saying that though, it just made me, made me think. We, Will Schofield's this year, right? Uh, Ty Schofield, Tash Schofield, yep. Yes. 
Are you still? Are you excited for that selection? Vitaj, yeah, absolutely. Yep, definitely. Because I he's, think he's got a lot of talent as well. He's kind of similar to Bergwijn. He's probably going to push into more of an outside midfielder sort of role, uh, but he can. He knows how to kick a goal. And Tex Wenganin, is he the year after? Uh, I think he's about two years away, Tex. God, I'm hating that. I'm going to hate that year build-up because everyone's going to be paranoid that he might go to Essendon. And, well, uh, he's in Essendon's academy. He's, uh, apparently, he's going to school in Melbourne now. So. What the? What's going on there? What's going on there, exactly? I mean, he's a, the father's on the board. His father is on the board, that's right. I think um, he's on a football scholarship in Melbourne uh, to a private school, and I think uh, as part of that, obviously, he's in Essendon's academy. He's still in our academy as well. Um, but yeah, it looks like Essendon's putting a lot of a lot of work into him. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. The future, the future is exciting, though. We've we've hit the draft the last two years with young kids. We've got some good young kids to come through in the next couple of years. Fingers crossed, we get them all. Um, look, I when you consider hope... this was a, an under twenty threes game, and you look at who wasn't playing for us, who was under twenty three, like Dan Houston didn't play. Uh, Connor Rosie didn't play. Xavier Dersmer, Zach Butters, Georgiades, Laddams, Bergman. You know, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of really talented kids that we've got that weren't out there. Um, so look, I, th- I think the youth on our list is pretty decent. Um, yeah, I think so too. I just want to see him play now. I want to, I want to see him get backed in. You know, um, yep. we spoke about it last week, you know, you know, Rock, Rockcliffe's, Struggling, Westoff's forms decreasing, and Brad Ebert even played in the under twenty twenty threes on the weekend. He did, he did, which is concerning for him, right? Look, I think it shows that maybe he's not best twenty two. He didn't have a great game, to be honest. He uh, he did struggle a little bit out there. I, I thought he would be one that would um, would kind of dominate in that sort of game, but uh, yeah, he was solid without being fantastic. So where's Brad at? Well, he's probably, um, I don't know, he's probably going to struggle a little bit this year. Is he in the, uh, what, 23 to 30 player category? I would think so, yeah. Yep. But will Ken be able to uh, resist himself? Possibly. I don't know. That's the question. It's hard to read where the club sees him at at the Mm -hmm. moment. One kid that well, I thought did play really well this weekend, who I want to mention, is Jake Passini, who again was in his first official hit out for Port Adelaide. And, um, you know, I thought he played really well on Fogarty. Um, he's obviously a bit more experienced, a bit bigger than him. And mm-hmm. uh, he kept him, um, you know, I thought he blanketed him really well in the first half. Fogarty kicked a few uh, after half time, but overall, I thought Passini won that contest. Nice. Mm. It was a bit of a uh, a no name selection last year, wasn't he? So, yeah, as in the fact, yep. Yep. I didn't know his name. So, <laughs> uh, even though I'm married to a Pisani, so no. uh, but there you go. There you go. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed. That's good mm-hmm. to hear. I'm excited about the future. Yep. All right. Uh, let's what, go on to some what, questions. What about your mini podcast, Mecca? How did that go? I think the mini podcasts were a bit of a success, mate. So we should keep did them up en- for sure. Did you enjoy it? 
I did enjoy it. Yep. Do you really do you really want me doing one on hot chips? Not really. No. <laughs> Not on hot Alright, what are the questions? Right, first question from one great club. Uh, which do you think is the real Port Adelaide this year? Quarter two or quarters three and four? Oh. Quarter two. We all hope it was quarter two. I think in reality it's, pro- it's probably going to be quarter one where we kick one goal eight or whatever it was. So, <sighs> Come on, optimism, Macca. Optimism. <laughs> Optimism. I'm sure. Uh, well, I mean, Dicko in the in that first preseason game, his kicking was reasonable. So, hopefully, that's a sign to come. Let's uh, let's let's be a little bit positive. We don't want to be too uh, too pessimistic too early. I'd say two goal six. Yeah, two goal six. That that would be good. I'd I'd be happy with that. So next uh, question is from CT Power. If Mark Hay- this is a really good question, by the way. If Mark Hazeman had been allowed to stay on as CEO, do you think Port Adelaide would be in a better position than what it is now, both on and off field? Man, it's an amazing question. I did read that one today. And I saw, was it Russell Eagle Hamble's reply to what he's doing at the moment? Yep. Yeah. I, uh, look, it's, I don't know. I mean, you can't really answer it, isn't it? It's a sliding doors thing, but... I mean, I just think that Mark Hazeman was obviously a, a victim of uh, circumstance and having to push an agenda. And my daughter obviously agrees with me as well. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, he, I, thought, I thought he was a quality appointment. And, uh, yeah, you know what? And Key started off pretty well. We've gone over this before. But uh, I reckon if Mark kept the job for a bit longer, I, I'm pretty confident we, he would have done a good job. See, I disagree. I disagree. Really? Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think think... I think we all have respect for Mark Hazeman in the fact that he was the whistleblower that you know called out the SNFL when they needed to be called out, and that was great. But you look at his actual record outside of that; it's not very good. It's not very good at all. Right. Wasn't he? Wasn't he CEO of a brewer? I'm not talking about his other jobs. I'm just talking about his job at Port Adelaide and what happened under his watch, which was we nearly died as a football club because under his watch we had two, like the worst two major sponsors in the history of world sport for a start who didn't supply any money to the club at all. But is that Hazeman's fault or is that just a victim of timing? He's leading the ship, mate. So, look... Is it timing? Yes, maybe it is timing. Maybe, you know, in another time and place, he would have been, you know, as good as Bucky Cunningham. I don't know. But all we can go on is what actually happened, and what actually happened wasn't very good at Port Adelaide. KT, um, KT also showed that he struggled to get sponsors. He had the, the gravy chain of Adelaide Oval to um, to sort of help feather his uh, sponsor's nest, but... He has also, too, struggled to get sponsors. He has struggled to get a major one major sponsor. Yes, that's correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Which would have been a second major sponsor, but we still had sponsors. And I would say that our sponsorship money would be double what it used to be back at Footy Park. And look, as I said, you know, maybe it is timing. Um, maybe in another world, Mark Hazeman would have 
been in KT's position taking over? Because, look, I'm not saying Mark Haysman did a terrible job at everything. Look, as I said, Mm. I I love the fact that he was the whistleblower and that needed to happen. I think, you know, he pushed for us to go Adelaide Oval and that was fantastic. Mm. But fact of the matter is crowds were at historical lows for us. Um, We had no sponsorship money coming in. Um, I, I just don't see how anyone can think that he did a good job. And look, if he was to stay on, you know, do we get David Kosh as president if Mark Hazeman is still there? Does that mean we don't get Renault, we don't get Energy Australia? Does it mean we don't get Darren Burgess? Which means that the spike that we had in 2013 and 14 doesn't happen. If we don't get them, does that mean we don't get Jared Pollock and Matty White? and Charlie Dixon and Paddy Ryder because we can't afford them. You know, like there's, I, I think, you know, it's definitely a butterfly effect sort of thing. But I think when you're looking at it, I can't see how we would have been in a better position if he stayed on. Well, I think you're being incredibly harsh. I've, but uh, you're entitled to your opinion. But uh, I think, you know, any role, I mean, it's like... Uh, you can't really compare Matthew Primus objectively in that period. Well, probably the boot stutter. You know, funding was at an all-time low. Um, it's just, it's really an asterisk period. And all football clubs go through them. But, uh, you know, we got screwed over by the, the draft concessions with timing. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just a really shit period. But it's a very, very good question. And I'll be interested to hear what other people see. And fortunately... Uh, the boss is home and taken Adelaide, so we don't have Adelaide well, that's good. too. <laughs> Should we redo the podcast then, or what? <laughs> if you want to, we can. <laughs> no, it is a. That's the best question we've ever had. I reckon that's a really good. It question. is. It is a very, very good question, and uh, and I can yeah, look. I can see both points of view. I just yeah. sit on the. Oh uh, uh, look, I, so my ATM was an embarrassing sponsor, you know. But at the same time. Well, I guess we didn't have anybody. Like, well, so Soaring Securities do? was just as bad. Like They were basically insolvent when we made them a major sponsor. But I guess from the club's perspective, they just felt, they probably felt like they had no choice. Like any offer was a, a good offer at the time. I mean, look, the real victim or the villain out of all of this was the SANFL, really. I mean, they were pushing hard to try and destroy us at every opportunity and they got pretty bloody close. So um, we were just lucky that, uh, yeah, we were able to dodge that bullet. Very lucky. Very, very lucky. Um, well, next... Maybe we should get Mark Hazeman on a podcast one day. Maybe. Maybe. What do you reckon? I don't see why, but that, that'd be interesting for sure. <laughs> You're not a fan? Well, <laughs> What are we going to say? Well, he, well, get his. <laughs> Rick, side I, of the I story thought you did or... a great job. Me, I don't think you did a great job. Him, get fucked, Macca. That's that's <laughs> how it's going to go. Rick, you're a legend. Let's have a beer. <laughs> that's how the discussion. Well, I mean, you, you're entitled. You're entitled to ask the hard hitting questions, and uh, and see what he comes up with. He might he might shed some light on everything. Mm. I'm anyway. going to email him to see what he says. <clears throat> Maybe. Uh, next question from Bugit. Uh, which former 2019 Port Adelaide player do you think will haunt, 
hurt po- uh, hurt Port the most by not having them on the list this year? Uh, who is there? Well, there's Dougal. Who'd we there's lose? Frampton. Dougal, there's Frampton. Well, Rider. I don't think Frampton will be the one. Ryder. He seems a little bit motivated, doesn't he? Well, he's lost uh, seven or eight kilos or something. He looks pretty agile, but uh, well, the that game that frust- I saw him in, he still didn't do much. That frustrates me, though. As a, like, you're a professional player, and you're at a sporting organisation. You should be presenting yourself in the best physical shape to I, play a sport. Yeah, and I, it could come down to different injury. coaching ethos. Like maybe they want him to be more endurance-based, whereas we were trying to get him to be more stronger and outbody people up forward, that sort of thing. So we needed that extra looked, weight on. But he looked chubby. Yeah, he did look a little bit chubby. But, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, I'm not going to criticise Ryder because we don't know the situation behind I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go happened. with uh, I'm going to go with Ryder. I think when he's on, he's a really good player and can influence and win games, and he's got proof of that. I uh, I I think Howard has that tantalising ability to show that he might be able to do that, but doesn't do it very often. So I'd go with Paddy. Yeah, I'd go with Dugs just because I think we're too short down back and. Uh... You know, I, I think long-term, he's probably going to be the one that does hurt us. Well, I mean, I like Dougal. I hope I hope he has a great career. It's not his fault that we let him go. And uh, a bit like Jackson, you know. But uh, I guess uh, Jackson's... The demise of Jackson's been astonishing for me. It's off-topic mm. and off-question. But uh, I thought he was going to have a, a really strong career. So who knows, maybe... Maybe Dougal was going to go down the Jackson path and uh, and not take it to that next level. He did have a pretty good um, pretty good second half of the season last year, I thought, Trango. But yeah, I didn't get to see many of the Bulldogs games. But mm. was he defending or, or ruck? Uh, a bit of both, yeah. Yeah, so they played him as a bit of a utility. It was a shock that he started the season outside of the, the team, though. That was definitely a bit of a shock. Yeah, like I would have thought he's a, a best twenty-two player, but mm. anyway, see how he goes this year. I'm still, I still got a soft spot for Jackson. He's a, he was a loyal port man. Would you take him he back? Was. Oh, would I take him back? Well, probably because we need the height down back. <laughs> so yeah, mm. I probably would take him back to play at centre half back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And have you heard any gossip? He's on still better the... than Trent McKenzie or anyone else that's likely to play there. So. And have you heard any gossip on Polex Foot? No gossip on Polex Foot, mate. No, I haven't heard okay. of him. Well, you're the inside source, man. Yeah. Well, he's no longer a port, is he? So there's no inside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any sources at North Melbourne. People talk. Come People on, Mac, lift the game. That's it. Interstater has said, why couldn't the Adelaide Football Club produce a stream quality that doesn't send you blind every time you try to focus on what's going on? <laughs> Yeah, it was a little That's bit. Uh, it was a bit patchy. Um, yeah, I, I streamed it onto my TV, and uh, that probably wasn't the best idea because it was hard to tell which pixel was who at some points. Um, <laughs> but look, you know, at least there was footage of the game, so that's a positive. At least they did broadcast it, uh, even though the quality was probably a five out of ten. Uh, at least they did do it. 
lucky, uh, yeah, well, that's very true. Lucky we live in an MBN world where yeah. MBN makes everything faster and clearer and more special. Yeah, and slower and more unreliable. Yes. Yeah. Uh, next question is, or last question, I think, is from the FVK, which is Dylan Williams, how good can he be? Well, we spoke, spoke about Dylan. Do you... You think he could be another Robbie Gray, don't you, Macca? Oh, I think he could be a star, an absolute star. I think he could be the pick of the bunch this year and possibly from last year as well. So he could be anything. Could he be a midfielder in the making? Uh, maybe, maybe. I, I think he's just a natural forward. Yeah. Um, whereas I think Robbie showed a bit more sort of midfield nous when he came in. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, Williams is a bit more deeper forward. Is he? Uh, is Williams six foot? Yeah, he's about one eighty four, I think. No, oh, so six one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he'd be uh, yeah half forward. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pushing up, running back, good user of the ball. Very good kick. Yeah. Very good kick. Well, that's exciting. He is exciting, mate. He's an excitement machine. And uh, I'm going to talk about him in my next uh, mini-podcast. Are you really? Are you doing a five-minute love fest? I'm going to have a five-minute love fest on Dylan Williams, yes. Because he deserves it. What are we at? We're at the 1st of March. So have we got all eight games this weekend? Uh, Possibly. I haven't looked at the schedule this weekend yet, but... uh, Yes, I, I think we probably would have all I the games. Got, we'll have all the games this weekend, then we'll have that stupid bye before the season. That's right. And then the, yep. se- and then the season starts. Correct, yep. Amazing. Can't wait. Can't well, wait. I'm, going, I'm supposed to be going to the Gold Coast. Yeah? Just to watch this game. Just to watch this game. Just to watch this game. But now I'm getting paranoid about bloody travelling on the planes. Mm. So, I don't know, I might cancel It's uh, keep the travel to a minimum. But uh, I'm excited. I'm hopeful. I'm looking forward to the season. And, uh, yeah, we'll be playing our probably our best 22, you reckon, this this next game, wouldn't you think? Well, we do play the Bulldogs in Wyala this weekend. Um, so if you're anywhere near Wyala, then uh, get on down and uh, check it out. I, I don't know what we're going to play, mate. I hope we do play our... Best 22 or close to it. Um, you know, the kids have had a run around. You know, we played a pretty good team in the first Marsh community game. So I'd like to see a, a really good side out there again. Well, you'd hope so. You want to be building forward momentum, right? That's right. Yep. I reckon uh, I reckon we've said this like for the last seven years. So We uh, have. But yeah. I, uh, and hopefully I we do we it. Have, <laughs> hopefully, well... Sometimes we start pretty well. I'm actually confident. Look, some of the some of the guys that played this weekend should play again. Like Marshall, I think Drew should get a go. I think Williams should get a go. Uh, I'd like to see those three at least um, have another shot. Well, I'm optimistic that we'll be three and naught for the start of the season. That's good. I like optimism. No guarantee. No guarantee where we'll finish, but I think we'll be three and naught. Three and naught would be a good start. That would be. uh, as you said, mate, building momentum. So that's what it's all about. Hey, one question I didn't ask you about the 150th was the uh, Ken Hinckley reception. Yep. How how was he with the fans? 
Oh, positive. I think he got a positive reception. Yep. Yeah. Were you heckling him from the corner? I wasn't, mate. No. That's very respectful of you. What's going on there? Why would I heckle him? Well, I thought you weren't a fan. Well, I'm still not going to heckle him at a gala event. <laughs> Why not? It's not what I'm about. Plenty of others. Plenty of others would. <laughs> plenty of others would. Yes, absolutely. I anyway. Uh, I uh, even though I was frustrated with his re-signing, I don't want anyone to fail. I'm I'm hopeful that he has an awesome year this year. Yes, we all want to win the premiership, mate. Absolutely. We do. All right. Well, I think that's it for this evening. Done. So, uh, done and dusted, mate. Wanna... So apologies to the live listeners that where Adelaide contributed to the show. More than more than happy to re-record the uh, the under twenty three portion if you want, Macca. That's right. I'll uh, I'll get my editing stick out and uh, see what I can do. <laughs> you poor bastard. <laughs> she's teething. She's teething. Yeah, uh, um, she's it's teething, a fun time. So, it's a fun time. Uh, you know all too well. Yes. You'll even know better when you have number four. No, <laughs> definitely not happening, mate. Definitely not happening. <laughs> Uh, Good times, mate. Well, listeners, check out the uh, the mini podcast again this week. Um, yes, I think uh, Macca's takeaway will be up uh, tomorrow, and Rick's Ooh. yours sometime later on in the week. Thursday, yeah, ish. Have you got a topic for me? Uh, no, I don't. No. What about KT lingering until the end of his contract? That'd be a good topic. I'll Is like that it. a good topic? Yep, yeah, do it. Right, let's do that one. Done. Awesome. All good. All right. right. No worries, guys. Until next time. Adios. Go the power. Calm the pair.